3: iHeartRadio presents Inside the Studio. I'm your host, Joe Levy. Now, the Aretha Franklin fans among you probably remember her great 1985 hit, Who's Zooming Who?, which these days has taken on an entirely new meaning. Everything from work meetings... To cocktail parties the interviews for this podcast has migrated over to zoom which is part of the reason that the inside the studio team has put together this home edition of the show bringing you into the bedrooms and living rooms of your favorite artists to find out how they're coping with lockdown and how it's impacting the way they make music this week our quarantine correspondent jordan Rontog caught up with sam harris from x ambassadors to talk about how the pandemic's been affecting him and how he put together his excellent new song, Zen, over Zoom, with K-Flay and grandson. And uh, just to make sure your Zoom never runs out, once you've checked out this episode, give a listen to the iHeartRadio podcast that Jordan hosts, Rivals, Music's Greatest Feuds, which is available wherever you find your favorite shows.
4: Hello everybody, my name is Jordan Runtog, but enough about me. Today I'm joined by Mr. Sam Harris, composer, multi-instrumentalist, activist and lead singer for Ex Ambassadors. The band followed up their latest album, 2019's Orion, with an EP in March called Belong. The three song collection bears the influence of soulful icons like Aretha Franklin, Ray Charles and Joe Cocker. In May they released the song Zen, which was written and recorded in lockdown. It's a track about finding peace among the isolation of quarantine and uncertainty of COVID-19. Thank you so much for being here. It really is a pleasure. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah,
5: man. No, it's 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 my pleasure.
4: Uh, now, you recently teamed up with uh, K-Flay and Grandson for the song Zen, which gave voice to so many people who've been having a really hard time with the isolation of quarantine. How did that song come to be?
5: Uh, because I'm having a really hard time with isolation and quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I, that, that song came about, it, it was really nice. It was very... As organically as things happen these days, you know, it it came about because I had a session, a virtual session booked with grandson and I was like very real with him. And I was like, man, I don't know how good I am at doing, you know, writing songs over Zoom. And he was like, you know, it's all good. We don't have to put the pressure on ourselves. We can just write a dumb little song about, you know these uncertain times they were living in. And I got off the phone with him and I just had that line in my head, someone give me fucking Zen. And so I I, I came up with just this, this rough little acoustic demo and I sent it over to him and he immediately came back with like a whole verse. And then I suggested getting our friend Christine on it because she had come up in conversation, K-Flay. And it just like, I don't know, fell into place from there. It was amazing.
4: It's social distance songwriting. I've never really heard of that. What is, how is that different?
5: It's honestly not too different from the way we've operated already. You know, like the last time Christine and I collaborated on something, we were on tour and she was just emailing me her parts. Uh, and it was the same deal with this. You know, like I, I would, you know, we kind of have like back and forth. They, Someone would send, you know, a lyric idea or, or a, a melody. I mean, Actually, for the most part, this song, it was just like they both came up with what ended up on the record right off the bat um so uh but yeah i mean uh, when we're working usually it's emailing files back and forth to people i it's rare for me to ever you know it's rare for me to create something with someone that comes out where we're in the same room together it's always like postal
4: service style yeah how do you find Zen in times like this? What keeps you grounded?
5: Uh, man, it's hard. It's hard. Like some days are, some days are okay. Some days I can do my regular old routine. You know, I, I, I try to have a couple things that I do in the morning that, that ground me. Um, I journal, you know, I do three pages in a journal every day. And then uh, I make coffee and I make breakfast. And uh, I walk my dog, and and you know, doing those those things every day helps ground me a little bit. But sometimes it doesn't, and sometimes it you know, it takes a little extra work to to ground myself up. Uh, you know, as much as possible, getting getting outside uh, is is really important. Just walking around my little neighborhood. I'm um, actually. Today is the first day of a week of quarantine of like real self-imposed isolation before we get tested, so that we can go visit my brother and and uh, my um, my nephew and and my sister-in-law, because he's immunocompromised. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be extra hard for me to find Zen this week. You know, the isolation's hard. It's it's it it can really take a toll on you mentally.
4: And something really awesome that I've seen you do on Instagram was have meditation time with fans, which I just think is, <laughs> is so cool.
5: Yeah, it was you know it was an experiment. Uh, I, you know, it's something that I have I have worked into my daily practice. I I kind of have been on and off with it, um, but I uh, thought it would be a nice kind of thing to share with with our fans and and uh, um, yeah, it was it was interesting. It was really interesting. Um, I I loved doing it every morning and being able to meditate and play a song for for everybody. That was a lot of fun.
4: Meditation is one of those things that I've tried so hard to get into, but I just, I can't stop my brain. I can't do it. It's never real. I've never been able to get to that place. What would you say to someone like me who's really struggling to incorporate meditation into their life?
5: Well, there are some tricks, um, and I think I think that a, one part of it is to allow your brain to do what it's going to do. But just acknowledging that moment of like, oh, my brain is is going all of these different places. When you have that, whenever I have that moment of acknowledgement of like, oh, I'm thinking about death or I'm thinking about my bills right now. Um, acknowledging that brings you immediately into the present. And so I would say if you sit down for five minutes, close your eyes, try to count your breaths. You know, inhale, exhale, one, two, three, four, up to ten, and just repeat that. That's kind of a nice trick to to use. That's what I do. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, there are apps co- that people use. Insight Timers, one I use Headspace, um, and guided meditation is always really helpful to have someone's voice there, kind of reminding you to come back. Oh, definitely. No, I gotta, I gotta give those a try. Yeah, hey, man.
4: Zen came out just in time for uh, Mental Health Awareness Month. And then within a short time later, uh, George Floyd was murdered. And since then, you've been very active in in demonstrations on the street and using the band's digital platform online to amplify voices. I'm just wondering if you could talk a little more about about that, the activism that that you've been doing.
5: I've always looked at our as a band that's not afraid to to show our activism and uh, show our support for movements like Black Lives Matter or, you know, Abolish ICE or any of these cultural moments that are happening you know, we are paying attention to and, and um, yeah man look, I, I it's been a really, really tough and challenging couple weeks for the whole world um, and we're looking at ourselves differently. A lot of you know us are, are reevaluating how our privileges have have worked into our lives and and uh, and the injustices that have existed in, in especially in this country for for so so long that you know we have just as you know that I as a white person have been blind to you know for for a long long time um, so right now what we're trying to do is See where we can focus our energy best um, to make concrete change, and and um, it goes from small scale stuff to big scale stuff. Like you know, we live in California, and uh, I'm I'm really curious about uh, this guy who's up for DA here, George Gascon. You know, our current DA, Jackie Lacey, has been really, really. She's kind of done everything hand in hand with the um, the police union and and the police the LAPD here, and has done nothing to um, to help stop the um, the murder of of black people in in this city and people of color in this city at the hands of the police. I want to try and elect a new DA who will take a look at what's going on and think about defunding the police and think about restructuring and and trying to think of a new way to um create a safe community here in la um and then also thinking about big picture stuff like you know voting and voting rights and you know with COVID it's going to be really hard unless we get enough money in some one of these stimulus bills to um make it so that voting from home is is actually Plausible, um, it's gonna be really hard to to get voter turnout to where we need it to be for this election in order to elect someone, you know, for the general and for in the in the house and people who will actually fight for reform, not just reform, like but big sweeping change. You know, it's someone said this to me the other day, uh, and and I'm I'm paraphrasing here, but this is what we're experiencing right now is 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 not just uh It's not just a moment. This is a. This is really a revolution, and this is really an uprising. And I think we have to be very, you know, transparent about that, and calling it what it is, and uh, um, and doing our part. We're going to continue doing our part in whatever way we can. And uh, I don't know. It's it's weighing heavy on me this morning, man. I'm listening to you know the news and and listening to the the ref, the reforms that that. The Democratic Party is trying to fight for, and those are going to be met with resistance by the Republicans. And these reforms are like, you know, they're just not enough. We we really gotta, I think, aim aim a lot higher, uh, you know, uh, and and that's the only way to actually get tangible and and reforms to pass that will make a difference in people's lives. Uh, aiming kind of like being like realistic has been kind of the mo of a lot of the democratic party for a long time and and that's just gotten us nowhere i think aiming high and 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 really like embracing again embracing that this is a revolution that we need we need major major change in this country in order for people to be safe and to not die yeah it's so real but you know back to using the the band as as uh, um to try and make change. I look at it as an imperative and I, um, I don't know, it's just on my mind all the time, you know? So if, if it's on my mind all the time, I'm gonna be speaking out about it.
4: Taking it back to Zen, the song Zen for a moment, the message of the song is self-care. In the face of these grave injustices, like systemic racism, police brutality, self-care tends to become less of a priority. And, and you're almost tempted to sort of view it almost as, as selfish or something to feel guilty for. What are good ways to balance self-care with community action?
5: Um, well, if you think about it like getting, re- you know, this is a, this is a, 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 a long, a long fight that we are all in if you are for the black lives matter movement if you are for social justice if you're for equality if you're if you're for you know self-governance and and people and us collectively finding ways to dismantle the systemic racism in this country then it's a it's a you got a long fight ahead of you so if you want to be able to be at your best you got to take care of yourself that's how i look at it you know but it's look it's it's hard man it's hard, you know. Like first thing in the morning, I wanna I wanna know what's now, what's going on in the world, and and what what's the next fight. And uh, I have to keep reminding myself to uh, you know wake up, to take a shower, drink some water because I'm just gonna be a mess if I don't. And I I'll be more effective if I if I'm you know if I'm taking care of myself.
4: The last three months have just been so transformative on a micro level and a macro level. What have you learned about yourself in this time?
5: Oh, um, someone's asked me that question already, and I still don't really have a good answer to it. I think I'm still figuring a lot of stuff out uh, about, about who I am. And I, I think that um, this has been an oddly productive time for, for me. So I've had the distraction of my work, you know. But the thing is, like, my work is, is my life. And my work reflects my life. So you know one thing that I am learning about myself is that I'm a little f- afraid sometimes of saying no to things. I'm I'm saying no to, to more things now and 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 really kind of reprioritizing what I want what I want to work on and what I want to do and and the music that I want to make and who I want to make it with. I think what this this is all reminding us of is that life is short and at time that we are given here on this on this planet. How are you going to spend it? What are you going to do? You know, like I want to make stuff that's exciting to me and that I really like. And I want to work with people that I really like and really admire. And I don't really give a shit about the rat race so much anymore. I still do obviously when it's when it's right in front of me when I'm faced with it. And then I I spiral out for a second. And then I what I always lately have been coming back to is like, look, I only got this one life and this one time here on my planet. I can't predict anything. I can't really control anything. The only thing I can control is like how I'm spending my time and who I want to spend my time with and uh, and what I want to make. So that's been something that I've, I don't know if I've learned about myself, but um, over the last month, Two months, two and a half months. How long are you in this? <laughs> Three months, something like know. that. Well, what uh, what work are you prioritizing? What are you working on now
4: that you're really proud of?
5: Well, we're finishing up, you know, we finished up our new record, which I'm really, really proud of. I think it's really cool and really different. And uh, we are working on a narrative podcast that that goes along with it so it's a concept record and and the podcast and the um the album are are going to be coming out at around the same time and it's it's cool I, I it's in the it's in the the gestation period right now and, but we're working with a, a an amazing company and uh we want to do something different you know my brother and i grew up listening to lots of books on tape together uh and he listened to a lot of radio dramas and you know that was one form of uh entertainment that we could really share uh together because you know when we we're watching movies unless they were descriptive audio films like he wasn't really getting much out of it um, so this was a medium that that we shared uh, growing up and that I'm really interested in in now how people are using it and I I, I feel like it hasn't been used to the um, degree that it could be so working on that uh, I've been working on a feature writing a feature. Uh, with a partner of mine, writing partner of mine, Old Buddy, and working on that new album, working on new music with a couple different artists. Two artists in particular I've been working with lately, an artist named Jensen McRae. She has a song out called uh, Wolves right now, another song called The Plague, and another song called White Boy. And those are the only three songs that she's put out. And She's absolutely incredible. She reminds me um, kind of of like um, Phoebe Bridgers and a little bit of Tracy Chapman. I don't know, she's so unique and so cool, and, and, uh, and her, her voice is insane, and the lyrics are insane. So I, I've been working a little bit with her and another artist named uh, Terrell Hines. Um, Terrell Hines is also incredible. He put out a new song just recently called The Promise, or Promise, I think. But he has an EP out, and we've been working on some new music with him that we're really excited about. We took him out on tour with us in, in uh, Europe right before this whole thing uh, hit the fan. Also just writing some new ex- ambassador stuff, but like that's you know like that kind of stuff like i'm I'm prioritizing artists who I really genuinely like I, I love I love these artists I think narrowing that list is helpful for me because then I can really put a, like a lot of my time and energy into it and I'm not just it's very easy in the songwriter world um, and producer world to like have a million different starting points with a million different artists and then just kind of like see what catches uh and go with that but i don't like having unfinished things around you know like i i'm i have so many of my own unfinished demos lying around that i want to be able to if i'm working with an artist i want to be able to really like just commit to it yeah i want to finish it i want to finish it and like look if we write a song that's not great and the first thing the first thing we write is not great cool let's write another one if that's not great let's write another one you know you got to put that work in
4: your last album orion from the fall felt to me like such a growth album. You turn thirty, getting married, becoming an uncle. What is the message in this new album that you're working on now?
5: I've been really interested in in um, the Jungian idea of the um, the shadow self, and uh, it's kind of like a Jekyll and Hyde story. You know, figuring out how to to grapple with the uh, parts of yourself that you suppress, the parts of yourself that you are most afraid of and grappling with that as, as broad as that is. That's, that's kind of what the new record is, is about. It feels very
4: much like sort of a quarantine theme. Do you, do you consider yourself a homebody? Do you get your inspiration from looking inward or looking outward?
5: I think I, I think I'm like, you know how people are saying like, I, I've realized that I'm like a fake extrovert or, uh, you know, the
4: Myers-Briggs stuff. Like, yeah,
5: I think I'm a fake extrovert, but I think I'm actually an, an extroverted introvert. Ooh, or an extra or an introverted extrovert. No, I get introverted extrovert. I I really like I I thought I was like, yeah, you know what, that makes sense. Like, I spend so much of my time like out in public, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm putting myself out there. But like, you know, at the end of the day, having alone time is really important to me. And I like being I like having that, you know, these moments of quiet and peace by myself where I can think I like I I do like working by myself, but then I get a chance to, you know, have like a socially distant interaction with a group of friends and I just feel reinvigorated. I'm like, what's happening to me right now? Why do I feel so good? And I think it's because I'm hanging out with people and interacting with people. And I also miss the shit out of my band. I really miss my band. It sucks. You know, like we've been a band for over 13 years. And this is the longest that we've gone without seeing each other. And it's really crazy, like, how much I miss those guys.
4: Because you were, like, mid-tour, right, when this all went down? You were in Europe.
5: Yeah, we were right in the middle of it. Uh, I mean, granted, we were coming back from—we were going to come back from that tour and have the rest of the year to finish up the record and kind of be here in L.A. and do a couple shows here and there, but mostly focus on that and— Um, we got what we were, were, you know, we got what we wanted, but, uh, now I think it's gonna, you know, it's, it's obviously complicated a lot of things and yeah, I, I, I miss them a lot. So I, I think I, I thought I was a homebody. That's maybe something I learned about myself. I thought I was more of a homebody than I, than I actually am.
1: at Edu,
4: What does a typical workday feel like for you? What's the, like, I, I'm always curious of, like, people's creative processes. Like, do you wake up and do you treat it almost like going to the office? You sit down and get at your guitar, get at your piano, or is it more of an inspiration-based thing where you hear something in your head and go sit down and work it out?
5: It's a healthy combination of both. You know, there's a there's a playwright named Jez Butterworth he wrote a play called Jerusalem and uh, another play called "The Ferryman. But I listened to an interview recently when he was asked a similar question like what's your what's your mode of of working and And he talked about, um you know you can't for you can't force inspiration to come, but you can always you can always keep your antenna up. You know, you can work at that. And I try to work at keeping my antennas up, you know, by I think a part of my my morning daily practice is being outside, no headphones in, no phone, just walking my dog and being out in the world and being in my thoughts. And then coming home, making a cup of coffee and journaling and writing, free writing for, for three pages. And then usually from that, I will either go into – um working on a song, going go into open up a production thing that I'd started or, or a song that I'd started, start writing a little bit more of a script that I'm working on. I just try to write something, you know, but I but I, I try to keep myself open to like where I'm feeling like I want to go that day. I think that uh, that's kind of the discipline is 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 carving out the time to do something like that. I think what I struggle with is how to cuz I I work I'm a workaholic. But, you know, the thing is my my again, my work is my life. I my work is my hobby too. My work is what I want to do in my free time. But there are some times where I operate out of a place of fear rather than a place of love and inspiration and excitement. Where I'm afraid I'm afraid that if I am not being productive today that this is just like a wasted day, and if it's one wasted day, it's going to be another wasted day, and I'm just going to end up spiraling off into nothing, and I will die a meaningless, empty, unfulfilled, unsuccessful life. You know? How do you
4: combat that?
5: It's oh, it's awful. It's awful. You know? Uh, so I think what I'm I'm really working at, and I think this will be a lifelong struggle for me is is to first really look for joy in, in what I'm doing. And, you know, look, especially in times like this, it's really hard because there's a lot of pain and suffering that is that has been brought to the surface over the last couple of weeks globally. And you can't ignore that. You can't ignore that. So I am right now focused on the fight for, for justice, for equality, and in my own work, letting my my ego go a little bit and and allowing myself to follow my... Follow my my joy if I when I'm sitting down to to work and to create, like go with what's gonna make me happy today. When this is all over,
4: COVID, pandemic, quarantine, all of that. If you could snap your fingers and have everything tomorrow, just you you could walk around. What's the first thing you want to do when this is all over? You, trips you wanna take, people you wanna
5: hug? Oh man. Oh God, I want to see my brother. Oh, I I'm seeing my brother in like a week. So I'm I'm very excited about that. Um I want to play a show. I you know, I right as at the end of this tour and over the last couple of years, touring has been really really wearing me down. It's really exhausting. It's it's amazing, it's so fulfilling. It's like it's wild ups and downs because the shows themselves are always amazing, almost always amazing. And the fans and being being with my people, you know, and and to be able to to touch their hands and see their faces and 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 uh and talk to them like I will never take that for granted ever again. But like the actual, you know, like the nature of touring is grueling, and I think that started to like ebb its way into the, the performative aspect of it for me too, which really sucked. And I and I was starting to feel like, you know what? I don't know. I don't know if I can do this forever. This is really this is like really like not bringing me the joy that it used to. And I think this this is just like never mind. <laughs> I miss it so much. Um, so that's the, that's the first thing I want to do. Then after that, I want to go see a movie in a theater. Yeah. I loved going to movies. I loved going to movies by myself and being in a room full of strangers and just, you know, watching a, a movie together and going to dinner. Oh, man, being in a crowded bar. I don't know. All, all the shit that everyone misses. But that we can't start doing again right now because everyone's doing it and it's like there's still a pandemic happening. <laughs> you got to be careful. It's driving me crazy.
4: I mean, in a a weird way, if you could say there's a silver lining in all this, it is appreciating all those little things. And in your case, big things like having an audience of people who love you be right there too. But yeah, it definitely makes you appreciate all the things that we aren't able to do right now.
5: Yeah, what's the world going to be like when people are finally safely able to, like, like mm. live life again? I think it's going to be incredible. And I, I have mixed feelings of of just, like, renewed optimism and faith in humanity and just, like, the deepest, deepest pessimism and frustration with, with the foundation on which we, you know, we sit here uh, in, in this country. So I don't know, man. Ups and downs, you know?
4: My fantasy is always the, you know, those pictures of, Times Square and the war is over. Celebrations after the World War II, like, I is know. everybody hugging and everything?
5: <laughs> I've, it's honestly, it's funny you mentioned World War II. I've been, I've been thinking a lot about World War II over the last three months and and how you know that affected everyone globally. You know, in in the same way and or not in the same way in, in very different ways. But but it was it was a global event that caught that ev- it was a part of everyday life. You know, for for years, for years. Um, So it helps to think about that, put this in perspective, you know, if I'm ever getting like, you know, anxious or like, God, when is this going to be over? It's helpful.
4: Sam, thank you so much for your music. And thank you for all the work you're doing just out there on your social accounts and on the streets.
5: Hey, man, listen, I'm trying to do whatever I can, uh, whenever I can. uh, And it never feels like enough. But that's that's part of the struggle.
4: Such a pleasure talking to you.
5: Thank you, man. I really, I had a great time talking to you, too. I hope I didn't depress you. (laughs) not at all. Okay, good.
3: We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Inside the Studio Home Edition, a production of iHeartRadio. For more episodes of Inside the Studio and other shows from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts,
0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba
5: life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
0: This is Malcolm Gladwell
3: from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need,